welcome to the Chapel Point Young Adults podcast, Rooted and Equipped. We're so thankful for you, and we're so thankful that you've joined us today as we dive deeper into the Word and seek to grow more like Jesus and just encourage each other and walk out our faith together. So thank you for joining, and I can't wait to get started. podcast, a young adult podcast through Chapel Point. We are so glad that you have tuned in today to listen. Um, Today is a very fun topic that we get to talk about, single and preparing for relationship part two in our relationship series. So we are really excited. My name is Leah Jeffries and we have Andrew Honeycutt on the podcast as well as a guest, Andy Woodall. Um, This is his second time on and we are really thankful to have you, Andy. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So Today, um, if you haven't checked out part one of this series, um, The Single and Preparing, the first part of it, Andy, you shared your story on there of how you met your wife, which I found super fun and interesting to listen to. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go do that. But today we're diving into more of a question and answer style um, with going through questions that a lot of single people um, identify with. So we just want to talk about that. But before we go any farther as usual, we want to cover the one thing. Oh, yeah, the one thing. Yes. Hey, I've got my one thing. Okay, go for it. So we got to travel and see some family this past weekend. We got to go down to Tennessee, which it's beautiful down there, especially this time of year. It's very hot. Okay. It's extremely hot. So we got in the water a lot. We went, uh, we we kayaked a lot and so that was my one thing one thing is kayaking that's so nice much fun. so i feel like in the summer that's like the one thing krista and i love to do is kayak so we went on the duck river down there in uh, cool. tennessee and there's a little creek that me and my brother-in-law went down oh nice and then we had some really good fishing down there so so what'd you do with your baby uh, during that time, yeah. the girls watched him during okay, that nice. time. Fishing yeah. pole. <laughs> Actually, we did at <laughs> one point. That's we did. So cute. We, uh, awesome. we put him on the uh, on land with us while we were fishing, uh-huh. and we had like this little pop up uh, stand for him. So and cute. I like showed him the worms. He really loved that. <laughs> he doesn't know what to think about the fish yet. Okay. Like when we catch him, that's so cool. Like, What's going on? So, that's so funny. Very fun. That's my one thing. Awesome. That's pretty quaint. Like. Yeah. I was on the Duck River in a kayak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It and was took my baby time. fishing. Yeah. yeah. In so Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, mm-hmm. Andy, what's your one thing? What's my one thing? Well, um, I would say this, actually, it was this morning. Cool. You know, this morning, uh, we got to go to this restaurant here in Hudsonville, or Granville is where it is, Anna's restaurant. Oh, and Anna's house? Awesome, house? Anna's yes. house. Has an awesome breakfast. So who'd you go with? I went with Mariah. Yeah, so she's my 21-year-old, about ready to get uh, married here in December. So fun. So it was great. Great just to catch up about the summer. That's and, awesome. Uh, see what's going on in her life. Yeah. So it was a good time. That's my one thing. Cool. Okay, my one thing, actually, I just changed it in my head. Um, it, <laughs> it goes along with your one thing. So I took my dad out on a date um, two nights ago, so Tuesday night. Um, we went to Chick-fil-A. That was the first time I'd been in a Chick-fil-A since pre-COVID. Oh, really? Because wow. they've had their dining rooms closed. Right. Okay. And yeah. let me just say, I ate so much food, but, like, it was amazing. So, <laughs> anyway, but I identify with you, Andy, and, like, spending quality time with your daughter. At least it was me and my dad. But similar type of thing, but it was super yeah. fun to just 
be like, Dad, we haven't gotten quality time in a while. Let's go out and like awesome. take them out. So yeah. that was my one thing. Yeah, definitely the Chick-fil-A sauce, though. Mm, <laughs> it gets me every time. Crystal <laughs> bought a thing from it, for, um, from Meyer. Yeah, like, you, can you can buy can whole like... bottles of it. And we <laughs> have whole bottles of it. I don't even think like we've used sauce. it. Like so, sauce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just good, too. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, that's my one thing. So that's fun. Well, cool. So we're jumping back into talking about being single and preparing for a relationship. And today it's really based on our focuses on identity. Yeah. So there's one thing I just want you all who are listening to hear on the topic of identity is that your relationship status is not who you are. And that is not what we see you as. That's not what we want other people to see you as. So if you feel pressure like, oh, I'm just not as... I'm not as loved or I'm not good enough because I don't have a significant other who, you know, likes me or whatever. Like, that's that's not who you are. You are no more valued or loved or important in a relationship with a person than out of it. I will say your relationship with Jesus is, that is where your identity comes from. So I guess I would more say it's like placing your identity in the right person, mm-hmm. which is Jesus. Yeah. Because we're all followers of Jesus. We're all uniquely and powerfully gifted to serve and love and fully live our purpose on earth apart from Mm -hmm. or in our relationship with Jesus. But it's apart from our relationship status. So just want you to hear that, that having a boyfriend or a girlfriend does not make you better or more loved than you already are, period. Like you are already everything that Jesus wants you to be in him and you don't need a person to complete that in you. So just hear that. We will, you know label you know oh you're single or dating or engaged or whatever stage you're in but that is not your identity so we just want you to hear that as you listen and it's good relationships are good yeah they are god has created us and designed us for relationships for friendships for relationships with family um, and friends but it's also good to have these deep deeper relationships that we can depend on for uh, somebody that can really pour into us and we can pour into them as we move together and grow together in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I was listening to a podcast recently, uh, Church Pulse Weekly by Carrie Newhoff and David Kinneman. Mm. And uh, they had a special uh, guest on there that's a friend of theirs, Kara Powell. Mm-hmm. And she kind of really specializes in knowing a, a lot of things about youth. She teaches at Fuller Seminary and some other, uh, does some, a lot of speaking and things and done a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And they did extensive in-depth research on um, several teen and many teenagers, mm-hmm. um, extensive interviews. And one of the three things that came up about all of these, these teenagers across the board was um, very clearly that the three biggest questions they have have to do with identity mm-hmm. and belonging and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something that we, and it's true probably of all of us, but that niche of mm-hmm. those that are coming into adulthood right now, those are the things that kept coming up over and over again that were three clear themes that we all wrestle with, right? Yeah. I mean, who are we? Um, where do we fit in? Yeah. And then why am I here? Yeah. And so this this podcast just nails that as far as addressing that first one of my identity. But yeah. they all kind of intertwine. And Absolutely. it's great. We can put a link to that in the show notes too for you guys. Yeah. Sure. That'd be great. Absolutely. So just to jump right into some questions for you, Andy, because as marriage and counseling pastor here, I know you've got a lot of relationship experience. So my first question for you today is what does it look like to use the time, energy, and potential of singleness rather than just like wishing it away, like wishing to be already in a relationship or wishing to be married, like to just embrace that season? Yeah. 
I think it's a great question. I think it's one that, um, you know, in being human beings, we really struggle to be content with where we are. Mm, yeah. We always, it's like most of the time we're looking forward to what's next. Yes. And whether that is, I want to conquer this and be ready for what's next, or I can't wait until what's next. We have a very difficult time just enjoying where we are. Mm, yeah, you so know, true. when you're in kindergarten, oh, I can't wait until I'm in first grade. Yeah. Bigger issue is, you know, oh, can't wait until I get to high school. Yeah. Oh, can't wait until I'm done with high school. Yep, that comes sure. pretty fast. That's usually bigger. <laughs> and then, you know, college and relationships, and I can't wait until. And then as soon as you get married, it's like, okay, what is that next thing? Mm. If you get married, then that's the what's the it's always that what is that next thing what's yeah. the next best job what's the next best the house, whatever the kids but yeah the, but yeah there's there always there's this this um, ongoing thirst for uh, satisfaction yeah. and accomplishment and again identity belonging and purpose and we're trying to find it in what's next mm -hmm. and I think to be able to sit in and enjoy wow here's where I am so to answer the question about what are some things that you begin to to do now that's really important yeah. with who you are. Um, you know, really that, that doesn't change. If you get married, it doesn't necessarily change. It's just, you're doing it with somebody mm. right next to you in this covenant relationship. So I think you, you're really seeking to do, live out life and pursue Christ in ways that aren't necessarily going to change a lot. Mm -hmm. If God brings somebody to walk by your side in a marriage relationship, the, many times we're looking at looking around to relationships of who can be that person for me. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this, and we may have to kind of tease it out a little bit, but the, the issue is a lot of times we're looking for that person. And this is the culture we live in mm -hmm. and North American mentality, mm -hmm. Western culture. Really, when it gets down to it, more often than not, we're selfishly looking for the person yeah. that's going to make us look better. Mm. And we're looking for a person that's going to help us as opposed yeah. to, man, how do I pursue Christ? And who's the person that I'm gonna be able to pursue Christ with yeah. the best? And really, who am I gonna to commit to loving and doing life with and walking through the hard? So some of the things that are really important now, I think, are to cultivate important, good, solid friendships. Yeah. With, with, you know, if you're a young lady, with men and women, same thing. Mm -hmm. If you're a young man, with um, other women and men. Yeah. And so that's just really important to the process of cultivating God honoring relationships. And too many times we're looking for that person that we have that special spark with, mm. whereas we're not just seeking to honor God and really be the best friend that we can be. Mm. And then all of a sudden looking around and saying, man, this person just really, I feel like I'm able to contribute to their life. They're able to contribute to mine. So I think that's one big thing that you're really cultivating God honoring relationships right yeah. now. Yeah, and I think about it, it's like we spend all of that time and energy that we have trying to find that person that's gonna make us feel this way instead of using our time and energy to love on people and to live out the purpose that God's called us to. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of people deal with is, I can't reach my full potential in the kingdom of God until I find that person. And like you mm -hmm. think your ministry starts when you get married or whatever, like God's calling you to. And one thing I've learned is, no, right now I have the opportunity and the potential and I have a lot more time and energy than I feel like a mm -hmm. lot of married people are able to give to just living yeah. for Jesus. Not that you can't live for Jesus, but yeah. like you just have more mental energy and all that. And there's this book that I really love for you listeners out there, if you're looking for a really good read, it's called Not Yet Married by Marshall Siegel. And it's so good. 
But there's a quote from it that I love that kind of ties into this question for you, Andy. It says, singleness is not about getting through it or waiting for the one, but he says it's about mobilizing you, the season of singleness, a growing generation and movement of single men and women out of shame, selfishness, and self-pity into deeper levels of love for Christ and more consistent and creative ministry to others. And I was like, whoa, yeah. It's like, it's yeah, quote. you don't have to wait to live up to your full potential in Jesus. Like it starts now, yeah. regardless of your relationship status. Yeah, and I think we, we many times get that backwards, not not just that piece, but mm -hmm. we get the piece backwards where we're looking for the person that we think is gonna help us to be our best version of yeah. ourselves, quote unquote. Yep. And again, it's a pretty, it's a kind of, a, it's a selfish initial mm -hmm. start. Yeah. Instead of just saying, Hey, we're. I, I need to be learning myself and be learning to pursue Christ. And as it talks about, we're, we're mobilizing. You know, it, it's about mobilizing you, a growing generation, a movement of single men and women. And we get caught up in the shame cycle. We get caught up in the I need to make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you how many times I've counseled people where they they basically realized six months or a year later that they jumped into a relationship not because they really thought it was best and god honoring and because it was really going to be mutually beneficial but they jumped into it because they were looking for something mm -hmm. they had a void and they thought this person could fill it and whether it was a physical relationship or this person was smart and they didn't feel like they were smart so this mm -hmm. person filled that gap um, there was something they were looking for and they thought that this other person provided it yeah so i like that one after it void like, I think that that could hit on so many levels for people yeah. out there that are listening. What are we trying to fill that void with? And even right. when we talk about reaching our full potential in Christ, there's nothing more than we could do than what we, what's already been done for us yes. in Christ. Yes, yes. Exactly. The cross where Jesus died, we've experienced full grace and mercy in him. And we can never even look better to him than what we already looked to him right now in this yeah. moment. Uh, and we get to do a lot of stuff for the kingdom and that's that's awesome. Yeah. But but to know that you are loved and you can't even be any more loved than, than, than you are right now. Yes. And yeah. so, and to find our identity in that. Um, but I, but yeah. I, again, like what are we trying to fill that void with? And, how does that impact your relationship later on? So if there does become other voids after you get married um, in your different in your relationships, then how are you going to continue to fill that void if that person's not doing that for you in that selfish manner that like you talked about? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like when Jesus addressed the woman at the well, her issue was she, she had been pursuing men and yeah. trying to receive something from men that men could not provide. Mm -hmm. And Jesus shows up, here he is, a man, and but he is the Messiah, and he's able to provide everything and more that she's been looking for. And and what does she do? I mean, she's so elated with that yeah. discovery that she tells everyone. Her whole life had been about secret, mm -hmm. doing things in secret. And for the first time, she was willing to openly proclaim what she had found. And... Um, you know, so that's just a beautiful reality of coming to Christ and pursuing Christ. I think we do have to face the reality, though. I realize there's probably people listening to this podcast saying, I, I get it. Okay, I'm a believer or I'm thinking about pursuing Christ. And you're telling me that if I have Christ, I have all I need and he's my identity. But 
at the same time, I'm sitting here by myself. Mm. And so there's, there's that reality of, okay, I don't have a human being right now sitting next to me. So mm -hmm. there's this, I believe what you're telling me, but also I'm sitting here by myself right now. And I'm just kind of struggling with that. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a, a real, re that's a strong reality. However, it, it doesn't mean that I'm by myself, so therefore I have to go find the one mm -hmm. or go on this great treasure hunt, so to speak. But I think what it means is, okay, I start to pursue living out my identity in Christ and all the, the things that God has established for me in my work environment, in my commu faith community, in a small group context, in a group of people that are about my age, and start to pursue serving the Lord in different ways. Um, and, and then therefore, there's you, you may not have that one person that you're connected with in a covenant relationship, but you're pursuing relationship. Yeah. And With a network of people. Exactly. Instead, yeah. yeah. It's godly relationships with things that God has established. I think many times we're out doing our own little hunt where God is saying, put things in place that if we just live out the truths that he has given us in the context that he's told us to live that out, we end up realizing there's mm -hmm. a rich resource that he has put all around us of filling some of those voids through his people and and in godly ways instead of unhealthy ways. So, yeah. so this is going to age me. But okay. <laughs> there was, when I was a kid, my mm -hmm. mom had this like Bible show that we used to watch called the Donut Repair Club. Did you ever Donut watch that? Repair no. Club. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably my too young, was before but that, this is extremely cheesy. But um, they they had this song, and the whole song was the Donut Man, and he he had um, the the idea of the show was that God oh, fills gotcha. that yep. don't that hole uh, in the middle of our hearts. And they would yes. sing about that. And I, as a young kid, I loved the donut with the talking donut. And he did <laughs> all bet. kinds mm -hmm. of told <laughs> verses and all kinds of stuff like that. Yep. But And it is silly and it's funny illustration. But that's something that's stuck with me over my entire life. Just from hearing that at a young age. Of mm. There's something. I'm always going to be looking for that something to fill that void. Right. But that only Jesus can fill. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't have, and he's created us for community. So that network of relationships is the church mm -hmm. that he's designed us for. Yeah. yeah. And to be, to be around us, surround us. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, if you don't have people in your life and if you're looking for that one, like that it's found in community. Yeah. So find community first. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of touched on that a little bit in the last episode, but yeah, yeah. find that solid faith community and then as you're serving and living for Jesus, like, yeah, look around at the people around you. And yeah, they're not going to fill that, you know, the donut void. But <laughs> yeah, donut see, donut that's, why, void. that's why I like filled donuts better because they don't have holes in them. Yeah. <laughs> donut what? Have like filled donuts. You know, with filling in them, they don't oh, have yeah, any yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's so much better. <laughs> Quick one thing. Okay. I had a donut that was called a hundred layer donut. What? Where the dough is... And filling and from Tennessee this past week, it Dude, was amazing. I bet. So that it's called like Seven Daughters problem. Donuts or something Seven like that. Daughters it was donuts. so good. Oh man. Okay. That was that was my one <laughs> on Duck Creek. It was so good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> on Duck Creek. Yeah. That's but, so yeah. cool. Yeah. I think another thing I would throw in the mix of this yeah. is just I, I think one of the things we have to be um, aware of is in filling that void, 
there are a lot of opportunities to compromise in little ways mm. yeah. to fill a, a void. And it's a void that God has good ways to fill. And then Satan definitely offers um, false, deceptive, tantalizing, uh, like, cheap substitutes. Yeah, like temporary yes. fills. Yeah. And so are, are there times where that can bring a, a sense of um, satisfaction in the moment? Yeah, for sure. But they don't last mm. and they prove to be rather destructive. And those are the things that many times grab our attention and get us derailed. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of like the person that's driving along the highway and they get sidetracked because the lights flash up on the big billboard mm -hmm. signs yep. and they start looking at it and this traffic stops in front of them and before you know it you're smashing into somebody mm. and and they got sidetracked by this flashy thing over on the side or a picture that's on this big billboard and i think that's many times the way the dating thing goes is we're we're, we're driving along and cruising and something flashes off to the side and we just think, oh, that, this might be it. And so I'm going to fix my gaze on it for a little bit and maybe even pursue it. And it really derails it. Yeah, it's like we miss out on God's best for us when we settle because of the things that looked cool or tantalizing in the moment. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Yeah. All right. So to move on to our next question, what is a healthy way to desire marriage slash a relationship someday, but also stay focused on the things God is calling to you to as a single person? Let's back up for a minute and okay. I, in answering that question. I think one of the things, there are some deeper things that we have to to wrestle with about our view of God okay. that help us with that, I think. One is to say, and I like, you know, Jerry Bridges has kind of, he's an older author. You know, it's he has, he's written some classic books like Trusting God and some other books that I think get at some, just some tremendous truths of scripture. But he kind of talks about understanding God in the midst of suffering and difficulty in creating a, a triangle mm -hmm. and saying there's three things that we many times we have to understand about reasoning about God's love for us and who he is and how he functions. And one is obviously God's love and mm -hmm. understand that he, he loves us as a heavenly father. But then the other thing is his, his wisdom mm -hmm. and the fact that he's, he's all wise and then the other thing is his sovereignty. So God, God loves us richer than any other love. And if, you know, sometimes we can question that because just because somebody loves us doesn't mean they're always going to do be what's best for us. Mm -hmm. um, we'd like to hope it, it would. But then the fact that, you know, if we go to his sovereignty next and say, okay, he knows what's absolutely best for us. Well, just because somebody loves you and they know what's best for you, it, it doesn't mean that's always going to happen. Right. But when you put in the wisdom piece of then, all right, he, he knows what's best for us at the best time, the best way, mm. the best. You put all those things, things together and you just can't question that God is, he, he's the one that we want to be following and he's got it under control. And I can trust him because of a lot more than that. But those three things really help us to be able to trust God when we trust, for, when we know fully about his love, his wisdom and his sovereignty. And it just gives this complete package of, okay, in the pursuit of a spouse, mm -hmm. I'm going to trust that God loves me most and best. And then, therefore, he has what's best in mind for me. He's sovereign. And so, therefore, he's going to ultimately control this yeah. process and guide me if I'm going to trust him in it. 
and then he's all wise. And so then in, in pursuing this relationship, um, I get to see that, man, if my heart for longs for this, then he's loving and he's sovereign and he's wise. He's got a process in place for me mm-hmm. to steadily pursue him and he will bring that about in the way that's going to be best for me. If I am then entrusting him, I'm going about life his way that pleases him. So therefore, I think a lot of times we try to make it this big thing of, man, I got to do this and this and this, and this is what my culture says, and I've got to pursue this, and I got to do all these things. When if, we, if we're pursuing the Lord in our walk with him and then keeping our eyes open and, you know, I think for men, we have that re- additional responsibility of, okay, as you're looking around and you're serving and you're living life and you're in community, you're, you're, you know, if you see somebody that is of interest and somebody that you think is a godly young lady, then I think you have that responsibility if you want a relationship to start to be willing to find ways to cultivate a, a closer relationship. I'm not saying you immediately jump into a dating relationship. Yeah. I'm saying you start to find ways to cultivate being around that person in different contexts. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I've told my kids from the very beginning of, hey, be around this person as much as you can in as many different contexts. And if you find that you're seeing godly characteristics in this person in all these contexts, not that they're going to be perfect, right? but they remain the same person. They don't change mm-hmm. everywhere. Then that's a good person to start to get to know. Yeah. And for the ladies, I realize some of you may say, yeah, but all these guys are passive and it doesn't seem like I've got somebody I've got interest in, but how do I do this? And that's probably a whole different podcast. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe. you know, that's one of those things where, again, I think you can say, man, you can navigate being around somebody more to see how they function and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think those are some of the things that as we look toward marriage, you get to find ways to pursue the interests that God has given you. Mm-hmm. And then look around and see like who who is around that we complement each other and we work seem to work well together. And too many times it's like who who do I see being the person that's gonna serve me the best or fit yeah, me the best? It's like a selfish focus. Yeah. So it really needs to be, man, who's the person I'm willing to do life with? Who's the person that I could see myself being committed to, no matter what struggles they go through, I can make that commitment to them to spend the rest of my life with them. Yeah. And I like the way um, Matt Chandler and his book, Mingling of the Souls, it's a great, great marriage book, but I think it shows a good picture of a God honoring marriage. But one of the things he said was when he was um, dating his wife and when, and starting to pursue and think about marriages, he realizes like, okay, I look around and every marriage has difficulties mm. and every relationship does. So for him, he just boiled it down to who's the person I want to fight, fight with the rest of my life. Because you're going to have disagreements. Who do I want to have arguments with? Who do I want to be my sparring partner, so to speak? That's a cool You know, just in a hypothetically speaking. But who's that person you want to be willing to go through the good, the bad, and the joys and the loves of life? Which is a different thought, like a different way of looking at it. That's a whole different worldview. Because instead of looking for perfect perfection, right, and that person to complete me, and make me better or or that perfect relationship that ideal instead it's focusing on the reality that there's going to be disagreements there's going to be conflict that you're going to have to enter into but who is that person that you're going to enter into it well 
and want the best for in the midst of it. I, I would throw in the mix right along with that. The, the person that's gonna, the the person that you're willing to work through difficult things yep. with, right? Exactly. Because yeah, you don't want somebody that's gonna annoy you all the time, or, or vice versa. But I think to find the person that when you do annoy each other, you're willing to communicate it openly right. and talk through it, and then they're willing to change and you're willing mm, to change yeah. mm. um, is important. So let me throw out this example, and I know you know as we we talk about this to answer the question maybe a little bit more uh, in a most of the people listening to this podcast are probably college age or career. They're in college or mm-hmm. career. They're familiar with this path. So, you know, you think about it in regard, let's think about it in terms of uh, college and career. Okay. All right. So you think about that when you go to get into a college, you have to do your, well, it used to be this way. I don't know if it's going to change due to COVID stuff and all that, mm-hmm. but you know, they looked at your high school grades. They looked at your SAT scores. They looked at the different things you're involved with, that kind of stuff. So then you apply. So you go in, you apply, you pray, you wait, you get accepted or declined. And just because you get accepted doesn't mean you get the degree. Right. Right? I mean, that's a long ways away. So it's kind of like, yeah, I got accepted. Oh, what's that mean? Well, that means you got four years of work. And money. And money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And potentially, you know, a great amount of debt with no guarantee of a degree, right? Mm, I mean, you don't think about that. When you enter college, there's no guarantee of that degree. And then... You know, to, to make it worse, if you will, okay. I don't know if I should say this to all these college students, um, <laughs> but to make it worse, there's no guarantee of a job waiting on the other side it's that true. matches perfectly your degree. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're going through this process and you're trusting along the way an awful lot and you're actually putting out an awful lot. Yeah. A lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of study, some more study than others. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're doing all these things. And so let's say you get your degree there's no guarantee of a job, mm-hmm. and it also doesn't guarantee that you'll you'll get the job that you're using. You'll be using your direct major and right. things. So what's and the point? And you just have incurred a lot of debt. Right. Oh man, yeah. So I know it's not a great picture. So everybody's depressed. Now we have to talk about depression, but um, or being overwhelmed, anxiety. Uh, but the point is, following the traditional educational path does not guarantee that you personally will land your dream job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever mean that. Right. And if you talk to most people, they end up doing something different than their degree a lot of times. Right. Um, especially if you're talking 10 or 15 years. But that doesn't mean that you are any less of a human being. Right? Yeah. I mean, so you can go through that whole process. You're actually, I would argue, you're at a better place because you've learned in the process. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things I would I would talk about and argue for, you know, as you think about it. Um, you're not any less of a, a child of God if you aren't in a relationship yeah. right now. It doesn't, it doesn't change that. Um, and as believers, we have the same identity in Christ. Scripture defines us as individuals living for him. And there's over 31 and other passages, commandments in the New Testament. And there's no, there's, there are not two sets of those. There's one for singles and one right. for yeah, it's not married that people, way. right? I mean, it's the same. Yeah, You live out the That's one another's. Point. And if you, if God brings along somebody and you, you connect with somebody and you pursue somebody and you get married, well, then you're doing the one another's together, but mm-hmm. you still have to fulfill those one another's yeah. with other people. You just get to do that together. So there are a lot of things that the scriptures talk about for us about that. Um, Galatians talks about the fruit of the spirit. Um, again, there's no distinction between, hey, if you're 
single, you live out the fruit of the Spirit like this. If you're right. married, you live it out like this. Yeah. Right? First Corinthians 13, known as the love chapter, mm-hmm. you know, in the context of the body of Christ and giftings. But we're told what love is and isn't, what it does do and what it doesn't do. Well, it's not one way for single people and another way for married right. people. Yeah. It's just you. So, and then Romans 5 talks about rejoicing in tribulations. Why? Because it produces endurance, proven character, hope. And all these things apply to people, whether they're single or married. Mm-hmm. And so you start to realize, like, man, you go through the whole Bible and you realize um, we're supposed to be doing this. And if God puts us in a context of marriage, that means we're making this commitment to do these one another things and live out the fruit of the Spirit with another person in a covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. But whether you, you have a spouse or you don't, you're still supposed to be living these things out. I think it's interesting too, like I've been going through the pastoral epistles with uh, one of our residents and it's interesting how Paul refers to Timothy and Titus as a son. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not married. He doesn't have a son physically, like, but he totally feels that familial bond to Timothy because of how tightly united he is in Christ to that community. Yeah. So even if you are single, just like Paul, in the midst of that, that church, the church should be your family, right? right. We should be tightly interconnected yeah. with our church to be family together. Yeah. yeah. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. And I think many times, so here, here's something that kind of fits in. Uh, this would be important to do, and it could also be a red flag. And that is, you know, I, I find couples that I think before you step into a dating relationship as a Christ follower, you should want to have that other friend, and I do mean friend, to be around your faith community. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if they're not, if you're not at the same church at that time, you want to get them around your faith community. So the people that know you best and the people that are your faith community and your leadership, man, they can help you determine yeah. and discern, is this somebody I want to consider dating? Mm-hmm. And have them see in the different contexts, like what you oh, were talking totally. about. Have them yeah. have them be there in the places where they see the highs and lows yes. of that person yeah. too, yeah. to speak into it. And many times I see it the opposite way. Mm-hmm. In other words, people are like, well, I'm going to date this guy for a while. And then kind of the final thing is I'm going to bring him around church and mm-hmm. see how it goes. And by that time, there's a relationship established. And usually what I see is the female is then defending the guy mm-hmm. for yeah. what he isn't as opposed to letting other people communicate to them in a friendship level like, hey, here's what I see, and here's the things that I, I think this could be a great thing. Or, you know what, I, I you need to press into this, and you need to get them around some other people and test this a little bit more before you would ever consider dating this person. Yeah. Um, instead of it, so it's, your faith community becomes a, a bit of a discernment tool as opposed to a hurdle that you have to drag this person over it's kind of a right. bad picture, but <laughs> right, yes. I, I feel think you like get what it, I'm saying. It's easy to do that in this context. We're thinking <laughs> yeah, very right, logical. Right, right. We're kind of dissecting We're outside of relationships. <laughs> yeah, but when you're in it, when you're in the midst of it, it's hard because you get all of those feelings and desires yeah. and passions that come. So <laughs> how do you guard your heart in the midst of that? Yeah, right? I like to call it the cloud. The cloud. The cloud. Yes. Okay, so like, the cloud. This is good. Yeah. Oh, now we're doing something. Okay. So um, 
in all of growing up and, you know, as I've liked different guys and stuff, I've always realized I come to this place early on and thinking about them or whatever. And I'm, I, I feel like I'm pretty clear in my thinking. Like, I'm like, okay, I think I see this aspect of their character or I'm able to talk about it with, you know, my parents or other people who I trust and like think about it pretty well. But as time goes on, the cloud comes and you mm -hmm. lose your vision. Things get foggy. You aren't quite seeing clearly. And so then you can kind of see what you want to see. And that's when it becomes so important, as you were saying, Andy, to bring other people in to being able to look at that other person because you no longer have that discernment because mm -hmm. all the feelings and emotions and everything yeah. are clouding your vision. Mm -hmm. So that's what I call the cloud. <laughs> but like realizing it's there, I feel like is so important and acknowledging that you don't know everything. You're not going to be able to see everything. And that's okay. That's what your community is for. Yeah. That's so, yeah. I love that analogy. And I, I, th I do think that that's, that's perfect. It's a great way to describe it. Because I think many times in the, in the cloud that you're talking mm -hmm. about, all of a sudden, not only is there this cloud, I, I guess I would throw, and you correct me if I'm wrong, okay. but I think there's this cloud, but it's almost with this perception of, okay, but there's there's a rainbow in here somewhere too. Yeah. And I want the, I, I think the rainbow's in this cloud somewhere. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I think I see it, but yeah, you can't really see very clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's just this kind of this euphoric hope of, and then let's throw in the, the Christian aspect of okay. it, of like, mm -hmm. okay, and God's now, I think, in the cloud, even though I can't necessarily say, I think God's in this. Mm -hmm. I just, I think, you know, and and then what I find in the cloud is many times it's a assumption of, you know, this, this, let's go with your case, a guy. Okay. It's, but I think, you know, in the cloud, you, all you can see is just the the positive out in front. Yep. The rainbow, I think, is I'm hoping is there. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think it gets dangerous. And so, Andrew, as you talk about the issue of, you know, guarding your heart, you know, it, it, you, we are very poorly trained in relationships and how to develop and do relationships yeah. in our culture. Yeah. We, you know, you, when you look at the Disney movies, when you look at the Hallmark movies, when you look at everything, all these feel-good things, mm -hmm. um, the Disney movies many times talk about rebellion and the yeah. love that's pursued, and everything goes great. Yep. And the rebellion with parents or the authority, and then I'm going to do this, and then they save the world, and or simply lack thereof, yeah. as far as parents go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're all orphans. Yeah. Anyway. And the Hallmark <laughs> movies, you know, everything goes great, yep. and you have nice music playing, and all of these amazing things and it all happens in an hour and a half or two hours <laughs> yep. you know on top it's of great. everything but it just does not work that way and i think we've been trained in our country in our where we are to really um pursue whatever we want we're so independent mm. yeah and i think that's one of the things that we don't talk about enough is we see independence in our country as this great hey this is my right mm. and it's not only my right but it's something that i am going to i i will fight to the death for my independence to do what i want to do and so even within the makeup whether you're a, a christ follower or not the makeup and dna of most north americans is i have a right to do what i want mm. to do and yeah. you can't stop me 
Yeah. Well, that creates a nightmare for relationships. Yeah. Take two people that say, I get to do whatever I want to, you yeah, can't stop me, yeah, and put them work. in the same. And obviously at the core is a sin nature and sinful pursuits, and we're sinners. Mm -hmm. But even as Christians, if you grow up in that mentality and it's just everything that you have known, it, it takes so much to really pursue Christ in that. And he gives us the grace to do it if we choose to. But without even knowing it, we are thinking to ourselves, well, I can do what I want. You can't stop me. Or yeah. you should be able, you should give this to me. Um, and so it's, it creates a nightmare situation. So in guarding your heart, I think part of that is the necessity of the community. Mm -hmm. And being able to have those good godly relationships where, you know, instead of it being all about my dream and I deserve this, then it should be more about, you know what? I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I desperately need yes. every person around me to help save me from myself and my own sinful choices. Yes. Now, ultimately, God does the saving. We, we get that. But I'm talking about I need other people in my life to help me to overcome. And God, again, in his sovereignty, his wisdom, his love, he places those people as I pursue serving him and loving him and living for him. I'm positioning myself to put the people in my life that God wants in my life to help me to guard my heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of little decisions that lead up to guarding your heart. Now, obviously, you can talk about the natural things of, okay, knowing when you're tempted and staying away from things online or on social media. I think, you know, men, it's more typically, uh, I got to stay away from the pornography, the stuff mm -hmm. that flashes on the screen or mm -hmm. the tantalizing things that can lead to trouble, those trap doors kind of thing. I think for ladies, it's a little bit more, again, generally speaking, it's along the area of anxiety of, man, I wish I could have what they're yeah. having and their life looks so great. I feel like it's almost like your thought life. Like in my yeah. own experience, a huge part of guarding my heart is is it comes from 2 Corinthians 10, take every thought captive to obey Christ and yeah. being like, okay, and these thoughts that I have and the desires that I have and the temptations that I have, like all of it, bringing it before the throne of God and being like, Lord, here is my thoughts. Would mm -hmm. you just be the king of them? Would you be sovereign over them? Because I'm like, our hearts are precious. They are worth protecting. And like, I think for myself, it's like, if as we were talking about earlier with like wanting God's will and pursuing God's will, um, as far as relationships go, being like, Lord, I know that you have what's best for me in mind and I want mm -hmm. to experience that rather than going my own way. And so that's why surrender is so important because if we're not surrendering, then we're going our own way and we're going to miss what God has for us. Yeah. I loved your movie illustration earlier. I thought that was so good because I feel like we see ourselves as the main character in movies yes, sometimes. Yeah, that's so true. Right? Yeah. We, we go through the movies, and movies typically have a plot line and a template. Like, every Hallmark movie is, like, the same movie pretty <laughs> yep. much just rehashed, I mean, Disney movies, too. Right? Yeah. Like, like somebody got three storylines. Somebody's sad, and then yeah. they, they meet somebody. Meet and... <laughs> somebody, then there's, oh, this conflict comes up, and then... They can't be together. Conflict's resolved, yep. and... They get they to be together. They live happily ever yep. after. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they... So, Sometimes I even think in our own relationships, we can project characters onto oh, for sure. the people in our life. Yeah. And we can see ourselves within those movies, those things that we've like 
poured into our lives and that's become part of our own thought patterns and we can project that onto people around us and project yeah. those characters onto the people around us and say okay that person's in my way like you said earlier now this is the scene where they're done where right. i'm done with that person you know yeah and then you kind of throw them away and sub in the the good one like maybe <laughs> the one <laughs> the one but you know like so just like in all of those hallmark movies it's all about that person finding their happiness <clears throat> where yeah. where it's that's a complete mirage of what we're actually called to yeah and like, like realizing we're not the main character in the story yeah we're not the hero no <laughs> like jesus yeah. is he's yeah. the focus and yeah. like if we have a relationship it's for yeah. him and yeah. it's centered on him it's not about us and completing yeah. some void in ourselves. can i come back to just the proverbs 423 yes let's let's just talk about that for just a minute because it starts out by talking about above all else so mm -hmm. in other words there there is this high calling there is this high priority I think if we were to rewrite that verse and how we function in relationships when we're looking for a potential spouse or yeah. thinking about dating, that's not the verse on our minds. Mm. And that's not, if, if we were to say above all else, what would come after it? I think that's a good question for yeah. each person, listener to ask, and for each of us to ask above, above all else, what do you functionally put in there? Not, not what do you think, what do you functionally? So to ask some friends, parents, People that know you, I mean, look out for the answer. It's kind of like you ask the question, then you just sit back and yeah, like what is that all else? Whatever. Have yeah. you played the thank you game? We play that with Joel. So yeah. the the thank you game is he says, "How can I?" You you say, "How can I be a better blah blah blah?" And then you fill in the blank, and you can't say anything other than thank you. Oh. And, and so and you have to do that and i think that's a helpful thing that you can do with the people around you like yeah. what you're saying yeah yeah just to find out above all else and to be able to say to people okay so tell me like i, I no consequence for this yeah, yeah. i totally. just need your honest input as a friend and this isn't a game you play as a group you know it's right one-on-one -on -one yeah. coffee yeah. shop or somewhere on a walk or whatever but just to say okay the scriptures tell me and in Proverbs, you know, Solomon in his wisdom said, above all else, guard your heart. And so that's what I'm supposed to do. But when you look at my life and how I function, and let's talk specifically in relationships, if you were to say, what would you say is my above all else? Above all else, what do I do? You yeah. know, what, is, what seems to be my main thing? And it may be above all else, find a spouse. Right. Well, that's... Again, that's a real problem. Yeah. We've gotten that out of order. And that's, I think, where wisdom says, and what is what is wisdom? Wisdom means to live life skillfully. It's, yeah. it's skillful living if we boil it right down, the hokma, skillful living. So above all else, so it's, it is a high priority, this guarding of my heart. And then we get into what is heart. A lot of times we just think, wow, it's just this, what is this? Right. Well, in scripture, it's, it's used hundreds of times and it's it's description the majority of the time is it's the control center of your life mm. it's it's your emotions it's your will it's your desires it's your affections all of these things it's talking about above all else guard the control center of your life yes so that that then becomes well that's why he says above all else right because and so when you look at how do you do that how do we guard anything else well we we are aware of what's going on around us 
we are aware of where we take it. You know, I think of, you know, you talked about movies. What about Lord of the Rings? All right. Yeah. So I, I, it's, there's a lot of cool analogies in that movie, but he's protecting that ring. Yeah. Above and, all else. Yeah. Above all else, protect the ring and get it to this, you know, so Frodo's got this. But what is the thing that helps him so much is he's got these companions. Mm, that's so good. You know, and you, you think about that. And so he's, he's protecting that. And there is evil that's trying to get at it. And mm -hmm. I think that helps us to understand that's a very real thing yeah. in life and in relationship. There's evil that's trying to get at your heart. The enemy is actively trying, yeah, to yeah. get in and to destroy. And... and There's places you need yeah. to go and you need to not go. Yeah. And there's people you need around you. And it doesn't mean bad things won't happen, but it means, man, that control center of your heart. So I think that would mean you're careful with what you say and what you do and interact on any kind of social media. It's careful with the activities you're in. It's careful at work, um, you know, and the, and the people you're around and the people that you allow your heart to be closest with, mm -hmm. details you share. I think sometimes we don't realize that um, in sharing things, you're sharing a part of your heart and you want to be careful with who you share that with. Yeah. Um, men and women that are looking for fulfillment in relationships whether they're Christ followers or not. I'd like to say Christ followers don't do this, but I think it, it happens. There's a using of that knowledge to their own personal advantage to advance the relationship when maybe it's not the best relationship. Yeah. And again, that's a, a pretty dangerous, deceptive territory, but it happens just because of our selfish nature. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is like on a very micro scale to go through and really put a check on everything the does this thing really advance it, I, above all else am i guarding my heart as i do this thing mm -hmm. um andy stanley has uh this thing where he says before i do anything i ask is this wise Mm -hmm. And it works in the that's macro and the micro. Yeah, that's a great so, question. So, like, and that's something that sticks with me. Like, even if I, like, just for a second, a half a second, think in my head, is this wise? It works in my work relationships. It works if I pass a piece of, like, trash, like a cup on the ground. Yeah. Like, if I'm walking past something, it, is this wise? to just walk past. And so yeah. I think that works even in our relationships, even in the micro of the things that we're talking about and guarding our hearts. Think about that. If if it if there's that half second and it pops into your head, ask yourself, is this wise as a metric to yeah. know? Yeah. It's huge. I would throw in there too, it, it implies that we have a level of knowledge about our own hearts. Yeah. So it implies that we know ourselves well enough and we've got people around us that know us well enough to help us to know our hearts and understand where do we struggle? Where's our weakness? Where's our strength? Where's, you know, where, where are those things that I have to be alert to mm -hmm. and extra vigilant about? And then what, where are the things that I just, I thoroughly enjoy? What are the mm -hmm. things that are beneficial and life-giving to me that I need to be pursuing? Yeah. So that's important too. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I see a lot of time in relationships, people start to um, neglect the things that they enjoy because they're around this person and they're willing to do it when they're dating. Mm. But then all of a sudden they get married and they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was like giving this up. And yeah. now I'm, why did I do this? Or how do we navigate this now? Yeah, mm. so. that's a good question. All right, yeah. I have one more question for you. 
before we wrap up. Okay. And it is this. What do you do when you're interested in someone, but you also know that you're not ready to be in a relationship? Let's think about that in a lot of other areas before we come to a relationship. Okay. If I'm interested in losing weight and I walk past the dessert table, <laughs> I've got a choice to make, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I'm wanting, for me, it was when I was growing up, it was sports and things. Mm -hmm. It was if I want to be ready for fall, because we're coming into fall. This yep. is football season, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So that's what it was for me. I'm thinking August. I still remember a coach. August 18th, you're mine. Mm -hmm. Like we have two-day practices. And you're, everything you eat, sleep, drink, it needs to be thinking about football. You know, that's not especially biblical, but, right. you know, you get the idea. Like, he wanted us focused on football to do the best we could. And so I would think about things and think, okay, I don't want to show up on August 18th mm -hmm. and be like, I didn't do anything all summer, and then I'm struggling with things or whatever. Right. You know, so what did I need to do throughout the summer so that I could be ready to step into a practice season and then get that much better. And so, you know, with with these dating relationships and things, I think to think about ahead of time, what are those things that we need to be doing way out ahead before we step into um, a, a dating relationship? Mm -hmm. So how do you know when you're ready? Well, I think part of that is to be able to, again, a, a community of people yeah. where godly people that are not only your age, but people that are older than you, that that mm -hmm. they understand your heart. Not just, hey, I see them on Sunday. Hey, we do this together. No, like they, you shared things. They know what you struggle with. They know what you are strong in. They have prayed with you. They've seen you grow. They know you. And so then, then to be able to, here's a whole different approach to it is to be able to say to these people, hey, can you let me know when you think that my heart is ready and I'm in a good spot to start to pursue or be open to being pursued mm -hmm. yeah. in, in a relationship. And I think then you've invited this faith community to help you make the decision if you're ready mm -hmm. to step into a more serious relationship. And then they're right there with you all along. I think there's a lot of maturity just in the question. Right. Right. Yeah. I think uh, I don't want to just like run past that. Like, I think that's a helpful thing to know that you're in a healthy place to be able to ask that question. True. Right. Yeah. If you're at, that's a great question to be asking. And if you're yeah. not, then that's reason for pause. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, if that's something that if you're already running into it and defending yeah. it. Then then there is a reason for pause. Yeah. 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 I like, mean, if, if you're in a dating relationship right now and you didn't stop and ask the question, am I ready to be in a dating relationship? Yeah. I realize you're saying like, ah, I passed that one already. Yeah. No, I think it's, you know, if you're driving Still your car valid. right now, listen to the podcast, I'd say, well, you, you need to make it a priority to have those conversations with somebody soon because it very well could be like, I don't think you were really ready and, and you're rushing this mm -hmm. or you're into something that doesn't help you to guard your heart. Yeah. And whatever pain you think it's going to cause to step out of the relationship, it's going to be a whole lot worse if you don't. Totally. Yeah. And one thing I think about, um, in my own life and being like, okay, you know, if I'm not ready to be in a relationship, but I might be interested in somebody is redirecting my appetite, realizing the things yep. that God's calling me to and like just praying every day, Lord, help me focus on the things you're calling me to rather than the things that my heart is like, oh, ooh, I want to run after that. I want to, you know, pursue that person or whatever, but then realizing, okay, God's timing over my timing and like just staying focused on what he's calling me to.
Yeah. So that's been helpful for me. But And I think sometimes we, we without realizing it, we kind of navigate some situations that make provision for us not protecting our heart. Yeah. So let's just say, for example, that I like Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And so let's say that it, it's a big temptation. It's not, thankfully. But let's <laughs> just say good. it's a big temptation every time I drive by Starbucks to be like, oh, and if I drive every day into work and I pass a Starbucks and I find myself more often than not pulling in there and spending mm. five bucks or whatever, yep. then I, I need to start to, what, what can I do? Well, as I'm being tempted about that, I can start to think there's a lot of ways to come to work. Mm -hmm. I don't have to drive that way. Right. Even if I have to go an extra couple of minutes, if it's that much of a deal. So even re-navigating my path. So yeah. when you think about a relationship, if there's somebody that kind of catches your eye, but you really don't know them that well, or you know that they're not going, or you're not in a good place to pursue a relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind isn't like, I need to figure out how I can get that person's attention because I might not ever get this chance again. Mm, yeah. Well, no, that's, you, you, you've derailed the train Wrong already. Wrong question, <laughs> yeah. You, you need to be saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not in a space, I'm not in a place to pursue this relationship. So I need to figure out, that needs to motivate me to start getting my life on track and dealing with what I need to, to be ready to. So I'm gonna, I may even choose to navigate away from that person a little bit, not to be mean, mm -hmm. but because they've got my attention a little bit and I need to put my attention somewhere else. Mm. So I'm gonna navigate, I'm not gonna try to create situations to be around the person to make it harder for me. Right. I'm gonna navigate and build some other relationships so that I'm not giving into that. Yeah, it's like keeping your focus on the right thing. And I'd almost say like, yes, be friends with people. Yes, you know, have all those different people in your life. But yeah, it's not just like focusing on, on that one thing because you realize that God's calling you to other things in that season or whatever. Yeah, so let me throw out a, uh, some hard questions real quick. I'll just okay. kind of rattle them off and people can, different ones we have to wrestle with. One is, do you know who you are in Christ? I mean, I just think that's before you step into a relationship, yeah. you need to know who you are in Christ. Do you talk with the Lord? Yeah. Sounds pretty basic, but are do you have an open relationship where you are talking frank to the Lord? Are you living out your identity for Christ and trusting and obeying Him? Is that something that other people would give testimony of that? Yeah. When you ask that question, um, are you similarly, but are you growing in your faith and living for Jesus? Um, do you value the authorities God has put in your life? Mm. Don't minimize that one. Um, ladies, I tell my daughters, watch the way this guy responds to authority. Mm. Watch the way this guy responds. How does he talk about his mom? How does he talk about his dad? How does he talk about his boss? How does he talk about people that have any level of authority over him? Like if he talks negatively about authority, run. Run like crazy. Um, so some of you may disagree. We could tease that out more at a different time. But um, that's what I tell my daughters, and that's what I would tell anybody else. Um, <laughs> Do you learn from them and respond joyfully to discipline and rebuke? Mm. If somebody's not responding well to discipline or rebuke, man, and you're not at the same time, these are questions for personally for you and then for the person that you're considering or mm -hmm. interested in. Um, do you regularly ask and grant forgiveness of friends, family, and coworkers? If you don't do that, don't get in a relationship because you're gonna be sinned against and you're gonna sin against and you have to be able to ask and grant forgiveness. Do you admit when you are wrong? Mm, that's a good one. If, you, if you're not able to admit when you're wrong, man, don't get in a relationship. Just don't do it. Don't do the harm to the other person. Don't do it to yourself. Um, how do you respond when you don't get what you want? Mm. How does the other person respond when they don't get what they want? 
Um, it, some people do not do well to the answer no. Yeah. And that is a problem. Guys, how do you actively pursue serving and helping others or do you passively sit back? There should be an active pursuit of serving other people. Ladies, how do you respond when you are not in charge or don't know all the details that you think you should know? I find that to be a huge thing. When I do marriage counseling, there's so many times that the women struggle with if they don't know every single detail, they feel like they cannot trust. Hmm. And it's a control issue. And I, I realize that can get teased out a lot of ways and there sometimes are clear merits for why a woman would not trust. But I'm just talking about you know, that, that issue of just because you don't know all the details, you struggle. Um, are you a good steward of money or do you have lots of debt due to out of control or foolish spending? That's, that's big. You yeah, can't. that'll affect you in marriage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And some people like to just not even talk about it. Well, I'm not going to ask them how much debt they have. That's pretty personal. Well, if you're considering dating, you're considering getting married especially. Um, it's going to become your debt too. <laughs> yes. Welcome to our debt. So um, are you honoring God with your sexual identity and your purity? Are it's you, important. Yeah. Um, now, there was a huge purity purity culture, purity thing that kind of did some damage. I think we need to be for purity, but we also need to make sure that we don't put that on a pedestal, that that is like the main thing about all of who you are, that um, your purity is absolutely everything about you. Um, but it's, it's important and needs to be valued and protected. Um, how do you respond when various current relationships get difficult or Ooh, hard? That's a really good one. That's, we're in a quote unquote, the buzzword now is cancel culture. So if you're not serving me well, I'm going to cancel you. Mm -hmm. Or I'll go to a different small group. I'll go to a different church. I'll go to a different, I'll get a different job. I'll, we, social media, we just block the person. You, you, it's a cancel culture. So do you or the person you're considering, do you run away from this hard or do you jump into it? Um, if you just throw them away or if you just get resentful and bitter, um, if you do not work at reconciling and building the relationships that you have, marriage probably is not for you. Mm -hmm. That's just something to realize. Yeah. Um, pride is the number one killer of relationships. And I think a few good passages to consider I would leave with is that we don't have time for, but Romans 12, man, it's great. It talks about my relationship with God, my relationship with believers, my relationship to the world, and my relationship to people that do evil to me. Mm -hmm. So it covers all the potential things. That's good. Yeah. Ephesians 4 is another one. Mm -hmm. um, that just gives some great, you know, obviously we could talk about all kinds of things, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for sharing all that. that Man, that some list good was so good. Yeah. I, we should put that in the show notes too, your list down there at, at the sure. bottom. It's because been helpful to me. Just, Man, and it's been helpful yeah. to those are, That's cool that. right there. Yeah. People. And that, those are things, obviously, did, I, I didn't just come up with that list. I mean, people have challenged me with that in my life. I found that to be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, found that to be things that I've learned through counseling people mm -hmm. and um, just the study of scripture. So hopefully it's helpful too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, Andy, and it was great to have you on here again. We are so grateful that you joined in on the conversation today. And it is my prayer that this encourages you and inspires you deeper in your walk with Jesus. Know that you are so loved and valued, not only by all of us here at Chapel Point, 
but also by our Heavenly Father. So I hope that you live in that knowledge today. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening today and joining in on the conversation because we love having you here.